Welcome to the Club Soda Podcast. I'm Drew Yeager. Um, It's Lent and uh, we thought it would be a really good idea to talk about um, that subject, about Lent, to talk a bit about what Lent means um, and to think about what it might mean to give up drinking for Lent. Um, Before we get into that, um, this podcast is sponsored by our friends at Fluair. Fluair is an alcohol-free spirit from the Netherlands, which is made for mixing, and it comes in four editions, original, amber, pink, and agave. So there's something for every taste, whether that's floral or spiced or raspberry or smoked. Fluair are offering 15% off with the code LOVEFLUER, that's L-O-V-E-F-L-U-E-R-E, on their shop website that you can find at fluairdrinks.com. That's F-L-U-E-R-E, drinks. Com. And follow them on social media for cocktail tips and tricks. You can find them at Fluere underscore drinks. That's F-L-U-E-R-E underscore drinks. And you'll find all of the information and social links in the program description and on the Club Soda website at joinclubsoda.com. So let's get on with the subject of Lent. And I'm really delighted to be uh, joined by someone who might be described as Club Soda's visiting theologian. Richard Washington. Hi, Richard. How are you? Hello, Drew. <laughs> I like that description, um, although uh, it might be uh, giving too much of a, um, a fanfare to me. But um, very good to be here, and thank you for inviting me. Yeah, great. So, so Richard, you're you're a you're a long term friend of Laura's. You've known her in her pre quitting drinking days, um, and so you've been you know you you've watched the development of Club Soda, and you worked for us for a while as well, which is very exciting. Um, but you've moved on from that because, uh, well, tell the world about you. Why are you uh, Why are you here? Yeah, sure. Well, um, yes, Laura and I know each other. We've known each other now since 1998, which uh, is <laughs> almost 23 years. Uh, we got to know each other through politics and we partied together. So I know Laura and Laura knows me from uh, a previous uh, time. And uh, we have some stories to share, I think, there. But what I am now is uh, I'm, I'm actually studying to become a vicar in the Church mm-hmm. of England. Um, and I'm uh, on, on a training course at the moment, which I finish uh, this year. I should be. God and church willing, as we always say, uh, ordained as a deacon and then a priest this summer in June. So wow. that's the plan. It'll be the 27th of June, probably in Norwich Cathedral. So that's mm-hmm. uh, my trajectory at the moment. And that's what I'm doing. So I am studying theology, but I'm also studying mission and evangelism. So how we tell the story of the church and Jesus Christ and so on to the world at mm-hmm. the moment. And also I'm studying all the practicalities of how to be a vicar. Uh, yeah. With- is quite a um, a niche area, I would say these days. Yeah, I mean it is fairly specialised as training goes because you get yeah. to do, as you say, you're right. You do get to do the you know the in depth theology bit, but there's a lot about it, isn't there? Which is about learning to care for people and being in community and working out how to make that work. Yeah, and part pastoral work is a is a really serious part of it. Um, being with people at those really really intense times of their lives, so when they have children when they get married or, or form relationships. And, and, and of course, when their families die or they are mm-hmm. dying and, and, mm-hmm. and they themselves die. So that's, uh, that's all part of it and, yeah. um, and, and, a, and, a, and a wonderful part. But obviously you get to know about the quite in-depth problems and, and, and life stories of people. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so we invited you on to talk about Lent. You know, one of the things which people, you know, this phrase "giving something up for Lent" is something that people talk about. And you know, I, they, people have this idea. You know, there's this there's this thing that happens with pancakes, and then later on in the spring, there's this thing which happens with Easter eggs. And in between, you're supposed to give something up. And one of the things that you might give up is drinking. Obviously, that's something which people might maybe thinking about in the club side immunity. But could you could you give us a slightly more in depth view about what Lent actually is and what purpose it serves? What's it for? Yeah. So. Um, I mean, there are a number of different levels in which this exists, but um, it's, we, you know, the pancake day, it's actually called Shrove Tuesday, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows it as, as Shrove Tuesday. Um, Shrove Tuesday comes from an old Anglo-Saxon word, which means to have had your sins forgiven. So your sins are shriven. Uh, and so on Shrove Tuesday, your sins have been shriven. And this is an old Anglo-Saxon word. So that's what that day was all about. It was a time when you, you all, all of the junk in your life that you brought to that moment when the last fat of the of the winter is available to make those last pancakes. So you have that last party, you throw in the last fat that you've got, uh, and then your sins are forgiven. And then you have this 40-day period before Easter, as you wait for Easter, when you don't have many provisions left. Because remember, in, in, in previous centuries, people didn't have that much left. The larder was getting bare by that time. You were really struggling to, mm-hmm. to eat like and you'd eaten them all over the Christmas period. Um, and so you were um, allowing yourself to really give in to the, the facts of the situation, which is that you didn't have a lot there. Um, mm-hmm. But also that became symbolically a way of saying, OK, I'm, I'm giving up all the, the, the rubbish from the past. I'm, you know, making amends perhaps for a little bit too much partying over the, the Christmas period or whatever. Um, and I'm now going to concentrate on um, my inner world, on my spiritual development during this perhaps very difficult time before Easter, before spring, Mm -hmm. before renewal, because Easter represents rebirth, both in nature. um, And of course, Easter is at that moment because it corresponds to what were um, festivals built around Mm -hmm. nature in in pre-Christian times. But it also, of course, in Christian terms, it's the moment where we celebrate the rebirth because the resurrection of Jesus Christ happens. Um, he defeats death, he defeats evil, and he clears away our sin and 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 all of the the, the, the bad things that that tie us down and stop us from you know living our lives to the fullest. So that period of Lent is that chance to kind of put yourself together again so that you're ready to live your life in abundance and mm-hmm. live your life in a, in a, in a better way. Yeah. Through the yeah. resurrection of Jesus Christ. I know that's all lots of religious stuff. And a lot of people will listen to that and go, yeah, well, whatever. But there is something wonderful about a period of renewal and of, mm-hmm. of, of going through your, your inner change. Yeah. I mean, I think that I think, you know, when you look at uh people taking periods of drinking for say dry January or doing sober October or, you know, just at that point in the year where you go, I need to take a break. Um mm-hmm. Some people approach that obviously in a, you know, I'm just going to put my drinking habits on hold. I'm going to grin and bear it for the next 30 days, 40 days, 90 days, whatever. And, uh, you know, and that undoubtedly does you some good on a physical level. You know, taking breaks is good for you. But if all you're doing during that time is putting your drinking behavior on hold, you shouldn't be surprised if you get to the other end and nothing's changed at all. 
So I actually really like that idea that um, Lent isn't just about giving something up. It's about creating space for that inner work and that reflection and and maybe preparing for something else which is emerging um, a bit later in the year. I, I like it. It's a, it's a good it's a good analogy. Yeah, and I think that um, you know, for a lot of us, interestingly enough, uh, you know, this period of lockdown in a way has been an extended fast. Mm-hmm. It's a very similar experience. You know, we've been forced into a, a more limited world, and you know, dealing with that is is not easy. But one of the ways you can deal with it is to is to start trying to build yourself up spiritually inside. However, you might do that. So you might do that through meditation. You might do that through um, New Age spirituality. You might do it through Christian spirituality or other religious spiritualities. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, and it's it has the capacity to provide you with some really really sort of solid ground, inner ground to to stand up on as 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 you go through life's many tests and 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 joys. Um, mm-hmm. You know. We all know that that life is 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 never smooth, you know, and you need to be no. strong inside. Yeah, absolutely. You're you're so right about this uh, this period of lockdown that we've been through, and the, and the restriction that that puts on us. I guess that's one thing really to talk about in terms of Lent is the language of giving up. Um, there's so much of that which is about. Um, when people talk about stopping drinking can sound so much like self denial and restriction and. Um, and actually, we know from the behavior change science that um, that isn't always a very helpful mindset if you're giving something up, um, that actually replacing it with something better, um, something which you enjoy, something which you love more can actually really sustain, help you sustain that change. Have you got any, what's your, I, I'd, be, I'd be interested from a kind of a, um, a theological and a personal view about where you stand on that, you know, this, the psychology of giving something up and self-denial. Do you think that that can be actually useful for people in any way? Well, yeah, I mean, it can be, but only you're quite right in saying that it's it's obviously useless saying to people sort of, you know, stop doing that, that's bad, don't do it. And I think Mm. that there is a danger that the Christian faith in, in, in these, you know, what what became what have become sort of traditional periods where you don't do certain things for a period of time and you kind of put on your sackcloth in your ashes and you walk around going oh it's Lent it's Lent it wasn't that you know let's let's all look a bit grim and sort of mm-hmm. I, I, I think I think that doesn't work for people in their inner world and so so I, I agree that that you know I think the science on that is good the science you're talking about the behavioural science is obviously good but I think if you approach it in in a much more positive way and you say this is a chance for me. To you know, take my mind off um, getting uh, uh, drunk and or, 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 or drinking a lot of alcohol or eating a lot of food and, and and focus on something else. And and those can be very beautiful things as well. You can you can in a time of fast, you can also bring in you know hobbies um, and new you know say for forty days, I'm going to do something completely new. I'm going to go mm-hmm. um, and and run on the beach every day or something or or. Uh, um, learn a musical instrument, you know, whatever it might be, but that that's mm-hmm. a sort of positive thing to help build yourself up in, in, inside. I think that that can work a lot better. Um, and I mean, for me, um, I have learned over this period of, of um, uh, lockdown fast, I've learned a lot more about sitting and meditating quietly mm-hmm. and, and doing a lot less and giving myself a point in the day where I really allow myself to turn inward on myself, but outward spiritually. 
mm-hmm. and then and then build myself up inside. And I think that can be a very very positive thing. The trouble is that for in our modern lives, we're we're always under so much pressure to be doing something. We're mm. so much pressure to be filling space with with activity. And what we kind of need to learn to do is um, learn to to fill time with doing nothing, to fill time yeah. with, with 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 just silence and space and allowing all of that noise in the head to slowly settle out into yeah it won't go away but at least it sort of spreads out Mm -hmm. and and um softens actually around us there's there's less less noise there's less choppiness um and that can be a very positive thing um obviously fasting the lent fast wasn't just giving up alcohol it was also not eating so much and as I said earlier, that was something which people couldn't avoid mm. because of the fact that food was basically running scarce by that time of year. Yeah. But it also, of course, if you eat less uh, and you actually fast, it causes um, strange psychological changes, which actually can lead to a sense of of um, kind of spiritual uplift. Now, I'm not suggesting people necessarily do that, but it, it is one of the reasons why there was a fast involved, because um, I've very rarely ever fasted, um, but when I have, I know that there's this sort of slightly you get this kind of slightly raised awareness mm-hmm. feeling um, by not drinking. You're obviously, you know, our minds work better when we're not hung over. Our minds work better, uh, as you well know, uh, when we're not we're not uh, uh, under the influence of a lot of alcohol. Um, and so that 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 would be important too. And it's important to stress that the Christian religion historically is not it's not anti-alcohol. Hmm. Um, in fact, it's it's very alcohol is very closely built into scripture. You see lots of references to alcohol in in the Old and New Testament. Yeah, and to be honest, if you go to, I love there's a uh, there's a little joke that um, Graham Norton used to tell about. He said, I you know I I grew up in a little village in Ireland, and it just had, it had a little gay bar. I mean, it was nothing fancy, just red wine and bar snacks. Okay. Yes. <laughs> 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 yeah yeah well that's and 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 red wine of course is central to you know yeah. the, the idea of, of jesus you know handing out the wine but there are also clear references to you know don't you know if you've got you know drinking is fine but do it in in moderation mm-hmm. and i suppose you know, the, the saint paul is 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 quite big on 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 doing things in moderation you know he says yeah. the uh the mindful drinking uh, uh you know, guru in christianity <laughs> Um, and, oh. and uh, you know, but but it's not. We're not. Uh, Christianity isn't anti-fun, and mm-hmm. and um, and it's not anti-enjoying um, things. It's just that the idea is, you know, we moderate, and there are times when we 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 do deny ourselves certain pleasures in order to find other joys and yeah. pleasure, but in in a more sort of spiritual sense. Yeah, I, I feel like I should interject with a with a health warning to say if you are considering a long period of not eating, do talk to your doctor about the consequences of that. Um, that's an important thing to do. Um, likewise, actually, if you are if you're somebody who is drinking regularly every day um, and you're thinking about taking a break for Lent, um, it's worth knowing a little bit about alcohol withdrawal symptoms and how they might affect you. Um, it can be dangerous to stop drinking suddenly. Um, if you're in any way concerned about that, Club Soda's got a course called How to Change Your Drinking. 
It's completely free. You can find it at joinclubsoja.com. And it's got a self-assessment tool at the beginning of it. So you can understand the risks involved and uh, it will support you to begin to make those changes to your drinking and do that in a way which is safe um, and supports you to live well. Richard, that's really helpful. And I, um, I guess I'm just reflecting on something you said previously, which was around creating space in which you don't do anything. I know for myself, I, I tend to go through a bit of a cycle where I notice that I'm getting really, really busy. Um, I feel like I'm piling on more and more activity, um, taking on more, saying yes to more. And then I start, all of that starts to get creaking and difficult and I feel a bit overwhelmed. And then often my reaction to that is just to go, well, fuck it. I'm not going to do anything at all. And I drop, literally drop everything, retreat from the world. And then I find myself a couple of days after that waking up going, I've got all this time on my hands. What on earth am I going to fill it with? And it all starts coming back again. Have you got any thoughts about, you know, because there are, there will be people in the club soda community who right now are really struggling with busyness, feeling overwhelmed, feeling like they've locked got a lot on, who just want to shut the world out, you know, want a total break from everything and maybe just want to kind of like, yeah, jack it all in and walk away. Have you got any any thoughts kind of in practical terms about how people can create some time for themselves, either in the context of Lent or elsewhere? What can we, what can we be doing practically to, to nurture ourselves and give ourselves space? Yeah, well, I mean, I can I, I can only tell you really from from my own experience what what, what I do. So I, I suffer from all the same things. Um, I pile in too much, and then I want to hide under the duvet, and then or, or I, I get a bit of time off, and then I don't know what to do with it, and so I pile stuff back in again, and so on and so forth. So I so I know about all of that, and and being in lockdown, it, it puts all of that into much much sharper relief because mm. you just because there is no relief because your your days are what you make of them and uh, and that's really hard but what i do is i give myself a point in the day it used to be at midday i've moved it to the early morning now where i um, and i know this is difficult if you've got kids around or, or and you and you're dealing with lots of other things but we just try and give yourself if it, even if it's only 10 minutes um sit down and you know, it, it's the old meditation tools. You concentrate on your breathing. Christian meditation also is about that. You concentrate on your breathing and you just let, let your thoughts run uh, and just try and slow it all down um, mm -hmm. in the breathing and allow your thoughts to move and, and develop. And what what I tend to find is it, it's a bit like a kind of um, a, a washing out of my my mental dirty linen. <laughs> in that the, the, it, it doesn't cure all my problems. I don't. I don't. You know, come away. You know, totally transformed and all, and all that. But it just allows a little bit of washing to happen, so that some of the things that I might have been obsessing about are just you know cleaned out a little bit. Um, mm. I, I do this. In a, in a religious way. So I usually read a, a Bible passage um, and I'm methodical. I go through books of the Bible slowly over a number of weeks. And of course, you know, if you read the Bible, there's lots of bits where you just go, what on earth is that about? You know, <laughs> And I just let that roll around in my head. So I focus on one line that I've read and I let it roll around in my head. And, and what I'm doing is listening for what God is telling me in that. Um, but I think um, it doesn't necessarily have to be seen in that way i think you can mm -hmm. just what what is my what are my desires what do i need where is my underneath all of this noise where is where is my heart taking me what does love tell me 
mm. I need to do? What what, mm. what 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 is what what is what in my desires will lead to life and love? Um, mm. and, and in a way, that's what you're searching for. And if you do it methodically daily, five minutes, if that's all you can spare, lock yourself in the bathroom, you know, before yeah. you get under the shower, and just give yourself those five minutes. And I and I know it's very hard um, to find that time, but it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, somebody. I think the locking yourself in the bathroom is a, is you know sometimes a very sensible thing to do. Although somebody did say to me um, a little while ago, you know, the easiest way to find a lost child rather than call the police, just go to the toilet because they will appear <laughs> and knock on the door. Um, you know, so <laughs> so for people who are in that situation, you know, completely understand it. But yeah, finding that finding that time, that's it's a helpful thing, isn't it? You know, to we in the context of our courses we we teach the um a meditation exercise called the three minute breathing space and it's a really simple tool to become aware of the thoughts and feelings that you have to center your attention on your breath and then to expand that awareness outwards you know it's a really simple um thing that you can do in three minutes or three seconds even but but it's actually a really helpful thing to practice and there's good research evidence that a regular practice that helps you become aware of your thoughts and feelings, whether that's a mindfulness meditation or a Christian meditation, but something which helps you become aware of your thoughts and feelings and helps you become less attached to those thoughts and feelings, and also which calms you in some way, can be a really helpful technique if you're struggling with a trigger for drinking. You know, there's this, you have a, a stimulus and a response, you know, so there's a thing that happened and then there's having the drink. But in between those two things, there is a moment in which you can choose and the practice of paying attention to everything that's going on allows you to crowbar a little bit more space in between that stimulus and response so that you can begin to act in a more intentional way and less driven by what's going on in and around you and more consciously engage with the world so i think that's a really that's a really helpful thing um, i just wanted to ask just on a on a personal level uh, how you are marking Lent this year? Um, I, I, I'll be doing it, uh, you know, very, very simply. I'm, I'm not. I haven't yet planned to sort of give anything up as such, uh, I, because I, I think I agree with you. I don't think there's any sort of point doing that unless it's real, unless it, unless it's going to help you to something, something mm-hmm. good. But what, what I am doing is within the, the 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 parish that I'm currently attached to in my training, we'll be doing a Lent course, and what we're going to be doing is listening to um, uh, some chorales written by Bach, um, and a number of us are going to um, write reflections on that and then share that with people. So that that will be part of it. So I'll be working on these reflections every week, mm-hmm. um, and also I'll be attending. I mean, I attend uh, a service twice a day, so I'm I'm, I'm wow. in morning prayer and evening prayer daily, uh, and also on weekends. So I'll be going through the whole Lent story there's a whole there's a whole range of readings in the bible that we do over lent mm-hmm. uh, which prepare us for the process of 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 reaching easter so that'll be what i'm doing and i dare say i'll be also working on the the easter liturgies but i'm not i'm not going to be doing anything absolutely specific specific in terms mm-hmm. of of giving anything up i'm i'm, I'm i don't like symbolic uh acts I, I i think if i if i do that i want it to be something that is um that is Actually, much more wholesome than that, and, and, and useful to me, and, and useful to my to my inner spiritual yeah. development. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I guess as well that attitude, you know, do it because it's real, 
not because you feel that you should. You know, actually, if you do it because it's real, it's actually easier to stick to. You know, if it's just if it's just something that you're, you know, doing because you've heard this thing about giving something up for Lent. So that's a thing which I'm gonna do. You know, if it's if it's not real, you're gonna go a week and then you go, yeah, whatever. You know, actually if you if you're doing it because you're as you say, I love that idea of kind of clearing space, giving yourself time for that inner reflection. Um to really think about what it is that you have stopped doing, to think about what new life might emerge out of this process. You know, that could be a really exciting, you know, even if you're not coming from a religious perspective, and you know, many of our listeners won't be, even if you're not coming from a religious perspective, that, that idea of giving yourself space and preparing the ground for what grows um, I think is a, I think is a really potent one and actually could be a very powerful process for people to engage with. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And I would hope that, that, that people can, can find that, you know, if, if this particular period uh, is a good one for you to do that, then, you know, why not? Because at the end of it, you will be hitting spring. Um, you know, things are changing. This, this very dark period that we've gone through uh, just recently will lift. And, mm-hmm. and there will there will be beautiful things. Birds will more birds will start singing. There will be that beautiful colour of green on the trees that you get in the spring, um, and the things that you just lift your heart will be there. Um, and if and if you can tap into that by building up to it through a a Lenten process of of renewal inside, then then you know that's going to be even better for you. Um, so yeah, I can I could I could recommend that. Brilliant. Um, Richard, thank you so much. Um, if you are interested in um, taking a break from drinking during Lent or at really any time of the year, um, Club Soda runs courses. If you go to joinclubsoda.com, you'll find um, two courses which are really very purposely designed to take you through that process of changing your drinking and self-reflection and thinking about the kind of life that you want to emerge. Um, we have a course called How to Drink Mindfully for people who want to moderate their drinking or cut down or who are just exploring and we've got another course called How to Stop Drinking if you want to take a break for now or forever um, and want to um, fundamentally reshape your uh, relationship with alcohol. Richard, thank you so much for joining us. This has been brilliant. Oh, thank you. It's been really good fun. Brilliant. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Club Soda Podcast. I'm Drew Yeager. Cheers. is brought to you by club soda you can find out more about what we do on joinclubsoda.com and on our social handles at join club soda